If you enjoy the following podcast, please consider supporting the Stream Grace Network. Just visit streamgrace.com slash support. Hello and welcome to my little corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable. Here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Yes, you are. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about today. Before we get into today, I want to talk about today's uh, sponsor. I'm super grateful for today's sponsor. Today's podcast is actually brought to you by the Humble Door Hinge. It served me well my entire life. Without the door hinge, all we'd have is some sort of drapes or curtains for privacy, and that's just not enough for me. What do you think, Jeff? That's great. I you know, <laughs> Such gratitude. Right? I, I, there's just things I just don't notice like I should, and so I appreciate you setting me straight, Well, bro. I'll tell you off air where I noticed, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. So <laughs> my guest today is uh, serial entrepreneur Jeff Plunkett. This is like... This is a, it's a problem for you, right? It, it is. I, you know, I, it's an addiction. Um, I think about it all the time. Um, yeah. Um, dream. You dream in entrepreneurship. You is that in color or black and white? It's. It depends on if we're talking about Fruit Loops or not. So, uh, fair yes. enough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big Fruit Loop fan. Yes. Um, not the cereal. The personality type um, <laughs> works great for me. Good. Entertaining. It's entertaining. Yes. When it comes to cereal, believe it or not, I'm a grape nuts guy. A, a grape nuts guy, <laughs> yeah. Well, that that I sense a theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got it locked in, man. I'm excited about having you here today. So, for those of you who don't know, Jeff, Jeff and I worked together for a few years at a church, and uh, we had a good time there. We, we did with we did. Uh, we did. hanging out and laughing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we did laugh a lot. I don't know if we accomplished any tasks. I mean, I feel like we did. I I'm pretty sure. No, I, well, yeah. maybe one or two. Yeah, that's not bad for a few years. Yeah, there was that light bulb we changed. <laughs> that was man, shaky ladder. I, <laughs> I did not like that. I, but I'll never forget it. <laughs> so uh, I heard recently uh, in the news that there's actually they've discovered life on planet Plunkett. Is that true? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so this, here's proof. I don't even know where I came yeah, up with yeah, this. Yeah, here's here's proof that I, you, we didn't prepare any questions whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever, I, I had no idea that was coming. So um, I'd like to get back with you on that. That's fair enough, yeah. man. If you're not if you're not up to uh, current events, I mean, you know, I don't blame you. We, we're busy. You got a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have time for the news. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's alliteration. That's where we landed there. Like Planet Plunkett. That sounds good. That's a good. That's that's your next business, isn't it? I, it's going to be. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, what, what would that be? Door hinges. I'm thinking. I think it's a good idea. Yes, Planet Plunkett door hinges. My goodness, partnership. I smell it. Woo. All right. <clears throat> so on to stuff less serious. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your companies and uh, that process a little bit. So just kind of list them off and then uh, tell me a little bit about 
what they do, who they are, what's, you know, all the particulars. Oh, so I'm going to sound like a crazy loon listing all of this off, but th- I just, I love it. Um, so our, our, my first company that I created was uh, Above All Behavioral Health Services. It's an outpatient counseling agency. We employ about 35, 36 people. I don't know what the final count is, but, and we, we provide outpatient counseling, um, uh, either in person, even at their homes, schools, cool, uh, or telemedicine now, right? Like everybody right. else does. Um, and then, then now we've we've created uh, a partner, and I have created a company called Propractice Solutions, and that company is really about helping mental health providers do the business of mental health. So you can you have a craft or a skill, and, and you know how to do that. That doesn't mean you have any idea how to do business, and most people don't, which sure. is the reason why. More than 50% fail in the first five years, and another 50% of those fail in the next five years because they don't know how to do business. Who knows who learns how to do that? Right. And typically people who learn how to do business don't really have a craft. And so it's it's finding that both of those things, and we, we believe it's possible when we're teaching that. And then we've started a company um, just recently. It's still in the launching phase, but it's uh, called Alethes Resources. And Alethes Resources is, it's more than this, but right now this is the easiest way to explain it. It's really about helping ministry leaders um, address mental health issues within their church, mm. uh, within whatever that, that ministry might be. Um, and we've, we've simplified that process. Um, I, think, I think mental health in general is... is far too complicated the the process and so it's 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 like it's designed to be inaccessible mm. which makes no sense to me yeah and so we've we've designed that uh, you know I one of the reasons why I did that is because I would get several of my friends who would call me up and they'd say yeah I've got this couple I got this person in my church and I did the best I could mm-hmm. and that just didn't seem that didn't sit well with me it's not to say that ministry leaders need to know how to do counseling, but they feel so ill-equipped to, to address it that they're going, I just did the best I could for three sessions and then I sent them on. Mm. And I, I'm not really satisfied with what I see in the, in the space that really provides a solution. I think it's still complicated. Yeah. Um, unnecessarily so. And so we, we're, you know, if, if you don't like what you see, you want it. something better, you create it. That's yeah. it. Which is my other company. Okay. Um, which is uh, Create Don't Wait. I like it. Yeah. And it's it's really about, um, it, it is several things. Right now, its biggest feature is, is business coaching. Um, uh, I do business coaching for a handful of people that, that I handpick. I select certain people. Then I take them through the process of, of developing their business in a healthy way with, with uh, what I call seven internal systems and one external system plus vision and then creating results. And there's more to it, obviously, than that. But that's, that's really the Yeah, if you that. just go a little bit longer, no one will need you. So if you could just go ahead and throw out the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> if you could hit those seven real quick, uh, we'll just... <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I Actually, I, I, I just <laughs> finished writing a, a blog this, this morning um, that does list all seven. Oh, well, there you go. So it'll be on my website. <laughs> and what is that website? Jeffplunkett.com. Fantastic. There we go. 
And good radio voice in that moment, too. Oh, thank you. Well, I just couldn't resist. No, it's good. You know, I bought jeremygriffin.org years and years ago, and I bought it so that I would have consistent email. That's mm. really the only reason I bought it. Um, and now I'm like, you know, I'm going to put a little site there. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's just going to be pictures of me doing the things like cutting the grass and, um, like repairing stuff around the house, door hinges, door hinges. Yeah. But yeah. man, again, I, you know, I don't want to knock our sponsor. Like they do a great job. Yeah. You hardly ever have to do anything. <laughs> if anything, they squeak from time to time. But even that, that's on me. That's not the hinge, you know? So I, again, thank you. I, again, the door hinges are great. Um, but the door handles now, those guys, my gosh, <laughs> seriously, we need someone to come along in that space as good as the door hinge to yes. actually do something yes. good. Yes. Um, none of that's true. Oh, okay. I mean, the door hinge part's true. Yes. Yes. The website. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, disappointed now, and I think everybody else is. I, I, I just well, you never can tell. While it's in advance, I believe there was a whole entire sigh of, huh? Yeah, I know, kind of felt it. It's like a disturbance in the force. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like a great many people just cried out in pain and anguish. Bantuin, oh, <laughs> oh gosh, what are we gonna do? Uh, all right, so create, don't wait. Now, what's the? Is there a fifth one? There's a fifth one. Um, it's still in the works. Okay. So we'll keep that under the hat. Yes. Play it close to the vest, as they say. Yes. All right. So let's back up. We've talked about, um, business and I'm sure we'll land back there at some point, but I want to know about Jeff Blunkett, the man. Mm. So, and to get there, we've got to go even further back and talk about Jeff Blunkett, the child. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so first question for you, my man, when or when, when did you grow up? <laughs> I know the answer. Don't bother asking or answering that one. Uh, where did you grow up? Um, that is a longer answer than probably what you're no, wanting. No, that's good. Um, we got to fill an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, my earliest days started in, in Oklahoma City, um, Oklahoma City, and then we moved to Moore um, and um, lived there until th- through third grade, I think, um, something like that. My parents divorced whenever I was eight mm. I, I used to say nine i did the math and i don't think nine is correct i think it's eight but um anyway my my parents divorced and and my mom moved to, to texas i stayed here um, with my dad for a while and then um in the fourth grade um i moved to texas with my mom so I won't say what I usually say about Texas. I'll just say I lived in Texas, and that, and I'll leave it at that. Fantastic. We have yes. a lot of people who listen to this podcast in Texas. Yep. Well, so it is a great place, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. There's a yellow rose. You know. Or Fantastic. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, so, but I, I lived there until, um, and we we actually lived several places. And there is a point to this part of the story. We moved, we started off in Spearman and I lived seven miles out of town on a, on a ranch. Oh, wow. Um, and then we moved to Lubbock. Lubbock. Um, Texas. So Paige Carter was on our podcast. Her, her uh, episode actually aired uh, this week that we record this. She grew up in Lubbock. Oh, okay. And then moved to Arizona. Oh, okay. And okay. when she moved here, I said, it's like Oklahoma City is like the Lubbock of Oklahoma. Is that right? <laughs> Would you concur? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good answer. I don't know. I, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> All right. It, sorry, apparently sorry. Lubbock is just a pass through station. I don't know. I, I just, guess so. Yeah, you just come in, you go out. It's I've like never been to Lubbock. So, oh, really? so I don't know anything about it. It's been years. I, it, I'm sure it's completely changed in right? the last 
That's how they do that. So I don't want to do the math. So sorry I interrupted. Continue. <laughs> anyway, I, I, mean, I don't need to go through all the towns. I mean, it was Hamlin. There was Brady, you know, um, Hard Texas. And then, after, you know, but again, we moved around a lot. And often we were living outside of, you know, the, the general population area. Or when we lived in Hamlin, it was this crazy thing because i was 11 years old i got i started working in a cafe probably illegally wow. so irs don't hunt me down um i was getting paid a dollar an hour which Whoa. is also illegal i'm you're sure you're stealing jobs from right. good american people yeah. because not that you weren't american <laughs> yes. but yeah. you're young yeah. yeah yeah i know you're it was breaking the law man sure i i, 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 I guess i don't know i i didn't i, I really didn't even know and but i thought about it <laughs> Probably 10 years ago. Your like, mom's you know the one what? that's in trouble right now. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, didn't mean to throw you under the bus. Um, but it, it, anyway, and then I moved back to, to Oklahoma uh, and have been here pretty much ever since. We did, you know, during my adulthood, we lived a couple other places. But um, but here's my thing. Here's here's the thing about my childhood. The reason why I tell that, that story that way is because I, I really – childhood felt very lonely mm. um, i felt very alone very disconnected you know when i was out on the the ranch i was hunting rabbits with a bow and arrow by myself and shooting what we called mud chickens with a bb gun by myself and riding my shetland pony Susie, by myself and you know just Man. i mean it just it felt very lonely and every every town we moved to i never i, I can't think of any any friends that i had in any town hmm. until junior high. Um, yeah, not a, not a one. Um, I, I, I don't have any friends in Texas that I, that I can think of. Wow. Um, there was this one girl who was three grades more than me and she told me I was her boyfriend. <laughs> um, that's how that goes. Yeah. And, uh, so apparently I was, and then there was a dude that kept inviting himself. I lived across the street from, from uh, the school at one place mm. in Hamlin. Um, and this dude kept inviting himself home to my house to eat my grilled cheese and tomato soup. So, <laughs> so I wouldn't necessarily call that friends. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm smelling a mini series. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, who's going to pick it up. It's going to be like a, maybe even a project Veritas. Like there's some, some scheme going on here that we we're going to find out about. Sure. Sure. You're part yeah. of the Illuminati, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> like I can tell just by looking at you, well, man, you went, you went a little bit dark Inst- on that. I didn't mean to. See, I thought real. you were going to say something like no friends, you know, and then we would have to, you know, I don't know. You know it, there's a reason Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Probably so. you. Who's who was at the scene of every crime? Me. Right. I was always. And you bad. know what's at the end of the story? And then one day, my mom gave me some deodorant, and all of a sudden, things changed. <laughs> all of a sudden, it was like a whole new world opened up. Yes, deodorant been better good to me. It's such a good thing. My gosh! All right, so tomato soup, grilled cheese, and this was jun- so junior high. This is before junior high. This is before junior. Yeah. High. yeah. So you were in junior high here in in Oklahoma City area, right? More. Yes, more. Which junior high did you go to? Uh, Highland East. Oh, wow. I went to Brink. Oh, bring it, bro. And no. <laughs> no, I remember the things they used to say about the schools, and neither one of us really had anything good that's, that's to true. say. But that's anyway. True. We weren't Highland West. <clears throat> exactly. Because they were, you know. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we know what we're talking about. Nobody else does. Well, people from Moore 
who are Gen Xers know. That's that's right. I mean, right. Yeah. um, okay. So I'm really I've got to stop just jumping in like this because I don't do this with anybody else. But you know, like just interrupt like this. That's probably not true. No, I've it's listened. not true. I've listened. You've listened. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we made it to junior high, uh, and then you've been here ever since. So I want to go uh, talk about this. Like, so I've only known you as an adult. I mean, you know mathematically as an yes. adult, uh, legally. Yes. Um, My driver's license says I'm an adult. Right. Um, lots of arguments to be made for that. But uh, apart from that, can you tell me a little bit, first off, were you different just fundamentally, personality-wise? Were you different as a kid than you are today? And if so, what were you like? Entirely. Um, people who know me now think that I'm an extrovert. They think I am a people person and I, and I, and I do love people, but I don't necessarily feel comfortable around people. Um, if I go to a party, I will, I will work the room, Mm -hmm. but they think I'm working the room because I'm an extrovert. I am working the room because after about 20, 30 seconds, I'm so uncomfortable. I have to move on. And mm-hmm. so it just, in, in, if you get me more than a minute, um, you are, you are seeing a combination of, of grace and mercy for you and absolute agony for me. Cause it just feels, it feels like yeah. I'm burning up inside. Wow. Um, so that comes from my childhood because I was, again, very isolated, very alone. Um, you know, most of my memories as a child were, again, doing something all by myself, riding mm-hmm. my bike or up on top of the roof, just laying out, looking at the stars, man, all alone. That was just, I mean, that was life. And so I didn't understand. And then since we moved around, I didn't know how to make good relationships. I didn't, I didn't have a clue how that worked. Hmm. And I just didn't think I had permission to be included. Yeah. Um, cause I was so used to being excluded, um, because I was new or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a city boy in a country or I was a country boy in the city or I, you know, wow. whatever I didn't belong. So, right. Um, so when did that shift? Um, it probably, it, it began to shift by experience, not really by choice. Hmm. Um, which, which I, I would love, I would love the story to be, I made the decision and I, you know, cause this is what I talk about in creating a weight is I talk about make, make a decision and then go with that, create the vision that you want and you create it. But, but what actually happened was in ninth grade, I went to a Christian school. Um, um, I paid for my own tuition. I just worked in the school or worked somewhere outside of the school to, to pay for it. We couldn't, hmm. couldn't afford it. Um, but I went there and I was immediately, even before the first day of school, because of football, I was already seen as, you know, suddenly I was in the popular crowd. Mm. You know, I started dating the, um, the head cheerleader and, you know, it was awesome. And, um, but I was popular because I was athletic. I was very skilled in football. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd played my entire life since first grade, I think. And, um, so it, it, it changed. And, and then suddenly I'm the popular one and everybody in the school knows me and I'm going around cause, cause I wanted to change, you know, it was, it was really me. It was really me serving a version of me by walking around and talking to everybody in the school from preschool up through, um, 12th grade. Wow. 
because it was I was doing for others what I wish they had done for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a conscious choice. Yeah. Um, but it, it was ninth grade is really when that began to shift. Hmm. So we have, there's a lot of similarities I, I hear when you're talking um, just with, <clears throat> with myself too. I, I grew up that way. Very, hmm. I was isolated, but I was in a neighborhood. I had friends, but I was alone. I didn't have a brother or sister growing up. And so it was just, um, I don't know. I, I, I definitely, I relate with that feeling. And for me, it was a switch. I, cause I was also very shy I'm, you talk about parties. I get the same thing. People are like, man, you're, you're an extrovert. I'm like, no, I am not <laughs> the furthest thing from it. If you put me in a room of strangers, like 30 strangers, it's like, this is a nightmare. Like, I don't want to be here at all. <laughs> I mean, even places you would think I was really comfortable. And if you put me on stage with 30 strangers to talk, I mean, I don't care about that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah it's fun. But just being in a room, it's very, very unnerving. But put me in a room with a stranger that I've never met before at all. And I love that ironically like man let's 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 dig in let's figure you out you know i don't know who i'm sitting across you know um but i did have a conscious change uh in third grade i moved from from oklahoma from Moore to or not third grade uh seventh grade from oklahoma uh, from Moore to pittsburgh pennsylvania and so it was a big change it's bethel park south of pittsburgh but um and i was in the back of a black jeep cherokee laying down and just decided I wanted to be somebody different didn't like who I was mm. and made a change and, and similar, I just, you know, you just kind of, when you, you know, funny thing about popularity and I wish kids could figure this out and maybe this isn't true. This is what I think. It's my theory, but man, when you just stop caring about what anybody thinks about yourself, you become an authentic you and people are attracted to an authentic you. Yep. And, uh, you don't have to point to why you're popular. You can't, you're popular because you're you. Yeah, well, and, and it's the only thing that's reliable is to to bring you to the story instead of trying to find yourself within the story. So mm-hmm. if you walk into a room, and if there is more than one person in the room, there is, and you're looking for your identity when you walk into the room, there's three, four, ten, ten thousand versions of you. Yeah, Which one is real? None of them are. Mm-hmm. Not a single one, because the people in that room don't have a clear picture of you. You don't even have a clear picture right. of you. You have a selected vision, version of you. Mm-hmm. You just pick and choose and you go, this is all all the bandwidth I have to understand <laughs> myself. And so I'm going to pick this and I'm going to go with this. And that's okay. But if you walk into a space trying to find you mm. in in the opinions of others who Again, they don't even know don't themselves, know. Right. much less you. And why would you? Why would you give that over? It's the most unreliable option for self identity possible. Yeah. And it's exactly what all of us do, hmm. and it makes no sense. But you walk. In. I always tell people, bring yourself into the room. Which self? the one you bring into the room. It doesn't matter. You, you choose, you will be whatever you consistently tell other people that you are. Hmm. Um, they don't know. And frankly, they're not really going to check all that much. You know, now <laughs> right. you guys, you guys listening here don't know, but you know, he said he likes to, to really get in and find out about people. He's got a magnifying glass on me right now. It's just so weird. I don't understand. Well, but, yeah, your pores are, Immaculate. Oh, I, know. I, I clean them out with a little. Never mind. Okay, good. We're going to go too far. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you bring, you, you know, if if you're asking for people to to evaluate you, what are they going to evaluate you on? They're mm-hmm. going to evaluate you on what you're doing in the moment. Is that all of you? No, that's that's a teeny tiny bit. And let me let me share this fact too. And I love this fact. I say this all the time. That and it fits into this that there are over. 2 million bits of information coming at your brain every second. 2 million bits. That's wow. not megabits or gigabits. It's, it's 2 million bits of information coming at you every second. But your brain is only has the capacity to focus in on 134 of those. 134 out of 2 million. That means, and I've done the math on this, so this is how nerdy I am. <laughs> that means that your brain is a better filter and it's filtering out 999 9999967% of all information. Wow. It's a great filter. That's better than Clorox bleach on germs. Uh, I'm telling I'm just saying. I'm telling you. That's right. That's right. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hey, it's the math. I don't, right. you know. Yeah. And thank you for doing it cuz it's not my strong suit. <laughs> well, it took it, it took me more than time than I should have taken to, to figure that out. Like a, but it's good that you know. That's yeah, good. There's yeah. a lot of that's what's to the like the sixth decimal point. That's pretty strong. Yeah, something like that. And yeah, sixth grader would have went. That's a really easy calculation, bro. <laughs> I would have went. Yeah, well, you know. That's so. That's crazy. So when you think about even what we take in, what we choose to allow ourselves to take exactly. in, and man, that's unfortunate that we even allow things to possibly occupy that space. In the first place, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's good, though. Let me let me throw this out too. I know we're getting off of Who the cares? conversations about me. We're now, but anyway, here's 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 what I, I I talk about all the time is that I my anytime I see something that is common in humanity, this is a common thing. Like the teenage years, for instance, that's that's a pretty common experience that this this very um, small amount of information that our brain can take in you know again it's it, the opposite math is 0.000033 percent hmm. of all information can actually come in i look at that and i and i ask the question all right so this is everybody we're god designed this is part of God's design. What does this mean? Well, okay, so let's think about it. What does God want us to do? You know, he, he take Amos, for instance. Amos, he, you know, it's, hey, okay, you did because of this, 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 and you, God's upset. <laughs> this, 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 God's upset. But what his, his message every single time and in every single book from Genesis to Revelation is, hey, look back at me. Use your 134 bits of information to mm. look at me. That is the only thing that's reliable. 10,000 people in a room looking at you and giving you your identity, that's not reliable. One person in the room giving your identity, that's not reliable. You giving your identity, that's not even reliable. Let me tell you what, what is reliable. Me, that's it. Nothing else. Everything else, wood hay stubble moths eat it everything else goes away hmm. but i'm the only thing that remains that's it so 134 bits great that's all i need to focus on god wow 
That's good, dude. Mm. As they say, that'll preach. Oh, well, you don't have to tell me I was there. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, that's really good. That's strong. Um, tell me about a an impactful moment in your childhood, something that you could look at and go, man, that like was a big deal. Um, does it matter if it's a positive or negative? Nope. <laughs> Somebody asked me the other day the most impactful person in my life, and it was my biological father, whom I've never met, mm. and it was a negative, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's doable. It's yeah. just factual, the most impactful. Yeah. <laughs> um. Gosh, there's there's so many negative things, but but I I I think the two there's two people that are the most impactful in my childhood. Um, both of them are gone. Uh, my grandparents, um, um, my on the Plunkett side, and um, my grandmother. I would every time I'd go over there and. and because of my family situation, I would spend most of my weekends over at their house um, when I was here in Oklahoma. And uh, so I would go over there and, I mean, every single night. And I mean, every night she was reading her Bible. She was doing her Sunday school lesson mm. um, every single time. So I, I that, and I, I talked about reliable, you know, before, that was... When I think about the word reliable, I need something tangible. I think about her mm-hmm. um, I, I, because it was consistent. And she made the most incredible scrambled eggs you could possibly imagine. And I cannot tell you what was special about them. I asked her and she said, I don't know. I well, given the that. fact that you were working before you were allowed to, law wasn't a big thing in your world. I'm guessing there was some illegal substance in that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Could, could be. I, I, but obviously be. you guys are a shady bunch. Yes. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, well, and then so, funny you should say that. So, so my, the, my grandpa, um, you know, who was an incredible carpenter and he, you know, he he did some amazing stuff around town. Um, you know, there's two things for my grandpa that impacted me um, significantly. And one one is that you know, even though he was one of the the most skilled carpenters in the Oklahoma City area, um, he often would go to people's house and create cabinets or something for them. And this was back when you didn't buy them; you you made them mm. from scratch. And uh, he would go and make them stuff. And maybe not even charge them anything for it. Wow. And his the quality of what he created was just as good as whenever he made something for Gaylord, which he you know he he did some of the cabinetry for Gaylord, hmm. um, you know, richest man in Oklahoma at the time. Yeah, and then the poorest people in Oklahoma, and they got the same quality. Wow, um, really amazing man. And then you know he sat me down one time, and he he basically told me about his his uh, teenage years, which I guess were kind of wild, which I don't know if, you know, he's been gone a long time, so I don't have to ask permission, you know, but, (laughs) you know, but anyway, I mean, I guess it was. And, and, uh, and he told me, he said, promise me you will never touch drugs. And, and (laughs) it hadn't even been a slight consideration because I, out of incredible respect for my grandpa. Um, so I, Hmm. 
I, I, every time I'm asked this question, they come to mind. I don't always answer it, but they're the first words that come to my mind. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about drug use. (laughs) I'm going to key in on that here for a moment. It's, it's not in the egg. (laughs) I was reminded of, uh, this episode of the office and, uh, Michael Scott finds, or he, he's smoked a joint. Apparently, I don't know. They find a joint in the parking lot. I don't remember how it went down. And, uh, the, uh, uh, what's his name? Ryan, the the temp, is doing the interview, and he says, "I don't think Michael's ever done drugs." And he said, "I don't think anyone's ever offered him drugs." And it's looked at as a like he's too much of a nerd or whatever. Like nobody would do that. I took a lot of offense to that as I've never been offered drugs in my life, and I'm okay with it. But I'm like, well, what does that mean? I feel like that's a good thing. Shut up, Ryan, the temp. <laughs> So yeah, it wasn't so much out of respect for my parents, but you know, I you know it's funny. I've never really been tempted with those kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, I just was reminded of that and I felt like our listeners needed to have that moment. Yeah. Share it with us. If I knew the theme song, I would hum it now, but I don't. So I'm I do. Yeah. I'm not going to hum it. Oh, too bad. <laughs> That's a different channel. <laughs> Different network. It's a different, yeah, it's <laughs> out there, man. Um, so, uh, so what would you say? Like, I, you know, I look at this. We're going to fast forward now. We've got a lot of time in your childhood, and it's good. Um, but I want to talk about you've got these businesses. I know that you've been you spent time in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say that these things kind of wrap up around a central theme for your own passion and mm-hmm. desire? Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have two passions in, 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 you know, other than, well, my wife is, is a part of that story um, too. So I have, I have two passions and, and it will sound very familiar. Um, but I, I, before I say exactly what they are, I don't want this to sound cliche. I don't want it to sound like, Oh, well, he has to say that um, <laughs> because that's what you're supposed to say. Um, even in ministry, even, you know, I've been in church since I was less than a week old. Hmm. First day I was in church. Um, um, these two priorities were not my priority. Um, these were not my, these were not my driving passion. And one of those is and I and I, um, I'm I'm going to use two different types of phrases, but it's all about God, um, the unlimited nature of God, in in and I won't spend a whole lot of time explaining what that means, but but it's for me this is a central point or or the glory of God, um, you know. So when I read scripture, I I every scripture. I look at it and go, I don't, I don't sit there and go, how can this help me feel better? How can this help my life be better? How, blah, blah, blah. What can this do for me? You know, my apologies for those that I'm going to make this reference, but you know, I, I don't care about making my left best life now from scripture. What I want to know is how does this glorify God? Mm-hmm. How does this glorify God? Because if it, if I don't think they're first, then the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, the rest of it is immaterial. It it makes no difference. Um, so I'm asking that question: How does this glorify God? It's not does this because mm-hmm. it does. Um, pain and suffering glorifies God. Um, joy 
glorifies God. All of it does. And it all that's what it's all about. And then the other is that um, my, my passion for everything that I do revolves around um, my perspective of people that every person uh, has infinite value. Mm. And I mean that, and that's the only thing about us that's infinite is our value. And where does that come from? It doesn't come from what we do. It doesn't come from what we think or, or what we know. Um, it comes from God. You know, in, he, he said, I predestined you to be holy and blameless. Okay. What does that mean? Holy and blameless. Does that mean, you know, you do all the right things? Well, if, if, if he predestined us all to be holy and blameless, and it means that you're you're going to do the perfect thing all the time, then oops, yeah, yeah. God's, God's predestined <laughs> is falling short somehow. That mm-hmm. is that's not what he has a vision of us, and it's and it says and, and it goes on. It says in in this is the Jeff Plunkett version, but essentially he had that vision of us before he spoke the first molecule in existence. Hmm. So it couldn't have been based on what I do. Now, is that is that saying I'm low in the bar, you can do anything you want to? No, I am removing the bar. There is no bar. Um, it is, it, this is, this is, it's not a competition. It's not a, you know, it's, there's not a win-lose type thing. This is, I am fully focused on the glory of God and understanding that, his people he created with infinite value unlimited value because he placed it in there not because we earn it not because we compete for it not because we win not because we knock somebody down but because he placed it in there now does that mean that we do things that that prove it no we don't prove it at all um we don't need to prove it we're, we don't prove it. We disprove it. So just, so I look at you, I'm sitting here looking at you and I, and, and so I assume that you have infinite value, um, infinite value, regardless of what I see. No offense. Um, <laughs> I did shower. Uh, yes. Come on, did. man. I said what I see. I mean, smell. Sunday was a good day. Yeah. Like <laughs> I love showering on Sundays. <laughs> couple days ago yeah yeah <laughs> for yeah. those who don't realize when this is being recorded <laughs> yes um it is thursday no it's good uh, um but i mean i that way i can walk into any situation and i understand that what i'm going to assume about that person is that they have an infinite value i don't I, they don't need to earn my respect they may do something that really ticks me off they may do something that i despise but that doesn't change the fact that they have infinite value because who am I to say it's not true. If God says it's true, then how arrogant and stupid would you have to be to, to argue against God? That's ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. That's uh, one of the guys on on the string race network, Steve Eaton says the truest thing about you is what God says about you. Yeah. And he says the most humble thing you can do is agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the most intelligent thing you can right? do is is to agree with him. Man, to not is maybe the the it. Well, it is. It's got to be dumb. the stupidest thing you could possibly do is right. disagree with God. Yeah. Well, it's it's infantile, you know. Um, with mm. the uh, with the uh, the COVID world we're in. Um, this week I started doing my part as a parent who has a kid who's staying home 
for fourth grade. And uh, there was a moment on his, he's got a Chromebook. Now we're not a Chromebook family. This is the first Chromebook I've ever owned. So it's kind of interesting process, but he was trying to do something. And I said, Hey, and he's yelling at me like, no, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, no, you don't. (laughs) And it's like, I, okay, I'll let you make your, you know, today I just kind of felt like, well, I'm going to let you do this Mm. because you're clearly not going to listen to me right now. And, um, and then when he made his mistake, he's like, it's not working. I said, do you want me to show you now how it works? And I think about that sometimes. That's how we are with, with God. Yeah. He's telling us like, Hey, let me help you with this. Like, no, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, okay, I can fix whatever you break. And that's how I thought about it. Whatever he breaks, I can fix that. So it doesn't matter. Uh, not that he's going to break anything, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, you've got an easy way and a hard way. And sometimes we take the hard way probably more often than not for a lot of folks, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Man, that's really good. I, you know, when you start seeing people with that infinite value, to your point, um, the, their activities, their actions, they are not what uh, you don't respond to those because you are seeing them with infinite value. Mm-hmm. You you do you, and you address the situation based on that reality, and it's got to have a better outcome, I would think. Well, yeah, and and I am I'm inviting. This is the way I would say it. I'm inviting them into my perspective of them. Now, I'm not giving them their identity. I am just I'm just assuming what God said is their values. I'm inviting them toward that. Do I expect them to reflect it entirely? No, it's impossible. It can't happen. Mm-hmm. So. That would be another ridiculous thing for me to to expect. People expect all kinds of ridiculous things, and then it destroys their life, and they right. wonder why. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. But I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite them toward my perspective of them as an infinite, value, infinitely valuable person. Hmm. Um, somebody explained to me the downside in that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There is no downside in that. Um, it 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 only creates opportunity for them to to step toward it if all they hear is you're this you're that you did this blah 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 um then they they will fulfill that prophecy that that those statements about them now but even you know even scripturally if you look at when when God is pointing out you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this and I'm pointing this out. Why? So you can be punished? No. So you can turn back to me. And if mm. you decide you're not going to turn back to me, then look, that's silly. That makes no sense. And so you know, maybe Old Testament, we end it, you know, but but what did he want? He wanted you to turn back to him. It's that simple. Hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's good, man. We are uh, got about fifteen minutes left, and oh, I sweet. yeah, and I wanted to definitely ask you about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the privilege of working with uh, your son and stuff, and so mm-hmm. I just want to give you a second to brag about your wife and kids a little bit. Um, so I'm going to start with my wife because my morning starts with my wife and ends with my wife. Um, you know, I, I in, in this perspective of infinite value in people started with her. Mm. Um, not that she taught me that. Um, but, um, I'd say our, our marriage for many years was like many marriages. Hey, you know, you're not, you're not, 
making me happy today or, you know, oh, you're grunt, you're grumpy. Oh, you know, this isn't working out, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're this, you're that. Why didn't you blah, blah, blah. You know, all those statements. And it was really all about evaluation, just like most marriages that I see. And then I, I, I wish I knew what, what shifted this for me. But at some point, somebody said something to me or I heard something or I read something or I don't know, maybe there was, Maybe God put me to sleep and and fixed me. I don't know. But <laughs> but I, I decided that I'm just gonna have this assumption about my wife that she is she is everything to me. I I adore her. I cherish her. Um she doesn't need to prove that. She doesn't need to earn that. I'm just I'm extending that unconditionally to her every single day. Um and whenever whenever she doubts herself, I'm not. I'm doubting her. Um, and, you know, it, I mean, I'm not perfect in that. I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm perfect, but but that's it. And, and, and let me tell you what's happened is, is this is, again, that was the first, that was the first space. And, and she, she began to feel invited into that rather yeah. than defensive and, and on, on her guard. And every once in a while, I think she's still, feels that on guardedness. Cause I was, you know, I, I, I'd like to say I was a loving husband in retrospect. I think I was kind of a jerk. Hmm. Um, and, um, she would disagree with that. If she was here, she would disagree, but, um, in her heart, she might go, yeah, you kind of were. Um, I'm just reminded of Smokey Robinson. I just want, I, I second that emotion. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, go ahead. I wasn't sure where you're going. Second, I know. Second, I had. I, I was trying to pull something I, super obscure. I, I you bring it. that out of me. You need to know that. I, I because I feel like your stuff. You've got a lot of. Um, you make me think with with your humor, and I love that. Um, because it it gets me. Like I'm, I'm on my toes, and so when we get together, it's like for me, it's like uh, you play up to the level. Like when I go play golf with someone who's terrible, I'm terrible. <laughs> when I go play golf with someone who's really good, I'm terrible. So it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> Really, you know, it just pulls it out of me. So, yeah. Um, it, anyway, I'm gonna have to replay that on the podcast. No, you heard it right. No, okay, all right. I was afraid I got it wrong. Um, but I mean, she really is. You know, she's just her value in the world among people is far greater than what she would give to herself, and that that comes out of her. Um, I think her her life. Um, but she's oh gosh, I just. Yeah. I, I will get all giddy um, mm-hmm. just thinking about her um, and often do. Um, she's just a remarkable woman that that uh, I'm glad we don't have to deserve because mm. um, I wouldn't. Um, um, my kids are amazing and I would give um, 99% credit, um, well, human credit um, to my wife. Um, and I would say I had 1% to do with that. Um, you know, she had a, she has an incredible relationship with all three of them. Um, and my relationship, um, is good. Mm -hmm. Um, but I get a little bit jealous to be honest with you. Can I, can I just say that on air and, and, you know, I'll tell my kids not to listen. It's about authenticity, my man. Yeah, it is. I I mean, I do get a little bit jealous because she is here. I'm a a counselor, a coach, a, a consultant, um, I talk to people all the time. I'm a speaker and yet I will come into a room and they're sitting down and they're talking. Mm-hmm. And then I come in and 
conversation a little bit and then it's kind of over with and it's like well how was your day today good you know i mean it, yeah. you know it just it in it, um but instead of to be honest with you and that used to bother me and, and so instead of that now what i do is i just go i, I love watching it yeah. I love seeing them talk. I love the fact that they get up. But anyway, but my son, let me brag real quick. I know you said we only have 15 minutes and about 12 of that's gone. <laughs> um, but my, my son is, um, he's remarkable. He's 26, I think 28, no 29. Oh my gosh. No way. He's not, 29. he's 20. Yeah, he is. He's, you gotta stop he's getting that. close to 30. I know. Cause we just talked about this. This is messing me up. Oh, I've known him for way too long. I, yeah. Uh, um, I just feel old all of a sudden. Um, however old he is, I have to do the math. Well, let me just say, you don't feel old because your son is getting old. You feel old because you needed the orthopedic pillow to sit in here and do this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Just so you know. I did, and I had to ask for it. So, and I got one too. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, but... Anyway, he's he um, you know he started out doing some stuff with with you mm-hmm. um, several years ago, and that that was really a, an incredible launching because you know he he came out of food, you know he was working at a couple of restaurants and coming home smelling horrible, <laughs> dude. Dead isn't that beef. The t- isn't that the worst smell? Oh ever? gosh, go outside. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just hose down. Don't, don't right. come in here. <laughs> don't be bringing your your dead meat and all of them in this place. Um, but, uh, and then you, you got him introduced into the world of media, um, mm. which I, I greatly appreciate. And I greatly um, appreciated him. He's, you know, I, there's lots of people over the years that come to me and say, Hey, I'd like to learn this. Mm-hmm. And I always give him a really crappy gig to start. It's like, mm-hmm. I want to see how committed you are. Yeah. Like I, I make it inconvenient for them to participate. Right. So it's like, when are you available? And they'll tell me, and I'm like, well, I've got this one time and it's totally outside of their realm of availability. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just remember he stuck with it. And for me, it's like, for I'm going to pour my life into somebody, I, I don't want to just do that for somebody who's going to be like, eh, I'm out. Yeah. And so, yeah. But he was, he's such a talented kid. Yeah. Um, he's not a kid. He's a, he's an adult he's, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and he, he, you know, after you guys, uh, after the gig with you, you know, he, he went on and, and got a job creating websites for High Five Media. Yeah. Six months later, he's the, production manager and then now just three four five years later i don't remember how long it's been he's he's the manager you know he's he's other than the owners he's the the big cheese right um you know so um in, incredible dude i just i mean i'm just he he amazes me with his understanding and his ability to lead um and that's the reason why he's in the position he's in is because he just has this leadership mm-hmm. quality about him that that um, is, is really, really good. I'm, I'm super proud of him. And then, um, my daughter Reagan, um, and that's Ryan, we were talking about my daughter Reagan and she's a, she's a, uh, 20. She's in college at Randall university. I know, bro. Um, she's at, at college at Randall university getting a uh, bachelor's in uh, worship studies or, hmm. um, so she's going to be leading worship. Uh, Very that's cool. her thing. Her, her pre fiance, um, wow. Um, so they're, they will get married, but they're not officially engaged yet. Hmm. Um, so her pre fiance uh, <laughs> is also in the same program. He's an incredibly talented, um, musician. He plays several, several instruments, hmm. um, and extremely well. Um, he recently did a version of, uh, 
um, faithfully. Uh, and I couldn't tell the difference between the original and his. Really? It just, um, yeah, it's phenomenal. He's really good. Hmm. And then my daughter is a tremendous singer. Her voice is just incredible. So, um, but you know, she's, she's remarkable, um, remarkable woman. Um, so proud of her. You know, she's kind of in the, we're actually meeting this Friday to, to spend some time like figuring out exactly what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is what I do all the time. Some, you know, is to help people do that. And then I'm like, Hey, maybe let's, let's sit down and talk about this. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So she was willing to let not Reagan help. Yes. Reagan. Oh, Reagan. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now, beyond, Reagan, beyond the, the worship stuff. Is what you're yes. Saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What, how does she, you know, how does she want to, how does she want to make this work out for her? Gotcha, yeah. Um, how does she want to use this? So, and then uh, Rachel is my youngest, and she is a senior in high school. Um, uh, yeah, just she'll be eighteen in a couple of weeks. Wow, um, September 9th, I think. Yeah, um, and um, so she, but you know, she has an incredible eye for beauty. Um, she's she's you know covid was great for her she she loved <laughs> art um she didn't so much like in class mm-hmm. assignments she loves to create art when it's not an assignment when sure. she can do what she wants to it's really about control um <laughs> but but she learned some t- new techniques during covid-19 you know she's been out of school yeah since last march and and so she learned some new techniques she just set herself up a a, a spot out in the garage and she went out there and created mm. like five different types of art wow Not just one thing over and over it was five different techniques amazing um and then she she wants to go into media and photography and social media you know all of all that stuff that's what she wants to do very um, cool yeah we we used to say we Stop saying that, but we used to say that, um, you know, eventually she'll rule the world. Um, <laughs> and uh, the only reason we stopped is because she doesn't want to. Apparently. Oh, fair enough. There yeah. you go. Yeah. You got to have a dream. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and if your dream hurts. is to not rule the world. Yeah. It's very accomplishable. <laughs> I've found if you set your goals, <laughs> I'm not going to quote Ben Vaughn. I wanted to really bad, but I'm not going to. Um, Man, I've got, I've got like four questions I really want to ask you and we definitely don't have time for all four. So I'm going to just pick, um, man. Okay. I'll just do this one. Uh, and we might have time. This might be short. Um, <laughs> I just said it might be short. I'm about to ask you a question. I, I just know that's not going to be real. I can give you a short answer, but I don't want one. I want a full answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you don't want a full answer that cause that takes an hour. No, I'm Hey, we'll yeah. just break it up into two parts. <laughs> um, a hundred years from now. Oh, <laughs> I said about a billion things that I wanted to finish that with, but I'm not. Okay. So sorry. Okay. I got to stop laughing. Hold on. All right. Serious. A hundred years from now. What do you want people to say about you? Um, so I'm going to get a little emotional here. So, um, um, that means I picked the right question. Yeah. I, I, I just want them to say that he just genuinely, uncompromisingly loved God 
and love people. That's it. I don't, I don't really care about the rest of it. Everything else, everything else has to point to that. Um, if it doesn't point to that, then I don't want to have any, any part of it. Um, so that's that. Hmm. You know. That's good. I think we should all aspire to such a place. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Man, I want to end with that. We have five more minutes, but I want to end with that because I don't want to, I don't want to lessen this moment. It's good. Really appreciate you being on. Yeah. And coming and being a part. Um, Guys, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. Uh, My guest, Jeff Plunkett, awesome dude, serial entrepreneur. And uh, I love that. I'm going to use that. One day I might become a serial entrepreneur, but probably not. Anyway, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Remember, we uh, this podcast goes out live, not live. It launches every Monday at 6 a.m. And if you want to find more podcasts like this, you can go to streamgrace.com and there's a whole catalog of people who talk about things that you probably don't care about, but you might enjoy anyway. Thanks for joining us and uh, we'll see you next time.